Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Recovery Talks by Montana's Peer Network. This is Leah Wetzel. I'm Montana's Peer Network's recovery coach. I'm a certified behavioral health peer support specialist. And I am here today with Mr. Bill Hartford. Bill Hartford is our peer service coordinator for Montana's Peer Network. I've been honored to be able to be on this journey of being uh, on the MPN team with him. We started uh, within three weeks of each other. So let's get to it. So hello, Mr. Bill, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Lee. I'm doing really good. Yeah, thanks for thanks for asking. I'm really glad to be on the team with you and and uh, learning more about Montana's peer network and and uh, finding different things we can do to promote peer support in the state. I'm glad to be here. Really glad. Definitely. So, let's just start out with, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey prior to entering recovery. What was that like? for you before recovery? That's a great question. It was, I'll, I'll make it really brief. It, it could be really long, drawn out, but it was it was initially really good. Uh, I learned through my recovery that I've acted like somebody struggling with addiction for most of my life, uh, in one way or another, even since I was a kid. And uh, I went to college, I spent time in the military, uh, about a long time in the military, uh, about 16 years. Like most kids in Montana, I grew up partying in high school, drank a lot, uh, got in trouble a couple times, went to college, like I said, military, and uh, drank a lot even more there. But strangely enough, alcohol wasn't my big issue. Um, I went to college to study biology, and uh, ultimately I became a science teacher. And uh, during my time in the military, I had a really bad injury on my spine, uh, a parachute drop one night and uh, broke a bunch of stuff. And that kind of started me on the really bad part of my journey. I nursed my injury along for several years, self-medicating and started my teaching career, started a family and got to a point where my addiction to opiate painkillers was killing me. And I didn't know what to do. And I was losing my career. I was losing my family. I was almost lost my life a couple of times. And uh, luckily I had a moment of clarity. At one point that some of my, my coworkers and my, my supervisor arranged for me to have an opportunity to ask for help. And luckily I had this moment, this instant of here's my chance. And I said, I'm struggling being addicted to my painkillers and I need help. Please can I have help? And the next day I was in inpatient treatment. So that's, that's in, in a nutshell, that, that was my journey to begin recovery. Wow. And, you know, looking back on the journey that we go through to get 
to that moment of clarity. You know, there's a lot of hardships within that. And I feel within my own that those hardships are actually uh, sometimes can be what wake us up. Mm -hmm. yep. So how... How did you begin? Uh, I know you said you ended up in inpatient treatment. Uh, so that was the beginning of your journey. So, you know, walk us through a little bit what that was um, starting in recovery and into, into now. Okay, um, you bet. Yeah, uh, when, I, when I first started in recovery, uh, just to, to lay this out, I knew absolutely nothing about how addiction recovery and treatment worked. And I'd heard of 12-step programs, and because of my, all my time in the military, most tasks are broken down into smaller subtasks, and once you can do all the tasks, then ding, you're, you're, you know, you're rated as good to go, and out you go. So I thought maybe I'd do these 12 things, and they'd stamp cured on my forehead, and I'd walk out the door, and everything's groovy. Well, now I know that's not quite how it works. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I uh, went to inpatient slash detox at uh, inpatient place. It's actually the uh, portion of the uh, behavioral health wing of the local hospital. And, and I spent about 10 days there. That's when I began medication-assisted treatment. And I learned all about, I started to learn about recovery little bit by little bit. And as Leah mentioned, I was a science teacher at the time. And uh, I was teaching high school kids. And I was teaching biology and chemistry and physics not doing a good job uh, not because i didn't know the material but because i couldn't stay awake long enough to get all the way through a class it was awful and so yeah so my principal set up an opportunity for me to admit i had a problem luckily i seized on that opportunity went to treatment went to inpatient treatment and i started in into iop intensive out, outpatient treatment at, uh, at the treatment facility here in kalispell and did iop for the for several months and started to learn about about there are ways to live, ways to get through uh, life without using drugs to change how we felt. Because for me, my my addiction, for me and from what I've noticed from about a lot of other people, it's all about controlling how I felt. It wasn't just taking life's feelings as they come and dealing with them. It was I wanted to feel good all the time. And I definitely didn't want to feel that mind-numbing pain that I felt when I shattered my back. I didn't want to come close to that. So I just medicated myself to smithereens. And so I had to learn to deal with life's feelings as they happen. And it's something I didn't know how to do. And it took a lot of work and the work of a sponsor who was also a veteran. And he and I walked, uh, walked through the steps and in kind of a kind of a military manner, but not strictly. And so I did that to help and that went well. But just a couple months, a couple months after that, I got careless and I ended up relapsing. I got myself cross-addicted to Sudafed, of all things. And uh, so I've told this before when I, when I do the NA meetings in the jail, the guys think it's pretty funny that that was not, in retrospect, kind of humorous, but at the time it was not. Uh, the local drug task force guys found out that I was buying a box of Sudafed every day and eating it. And here I was a chemistry teacher at a brand new high school at Glacier High School, brand new school. And they thought, oh my gosh, we got Breaking Bad right here in Kalispell. And so apparently they they, were, they eventually came in and busted me and, and searched my house and, and uh, 
and said, you're, you're not making making meth, you're just eating the Sudafed, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, sorry. And the guy, the guy was actually mad. You know how much time and money we wasted on you? It's, we thought we thought we had freaking bad. We thought we were going to be famous, but just, just get some help, will you? So went back to IOP, did it better that time. Continued on with NA. I got a new sponsor, worked the steps, uh, sponsored another guy, and moved forward that way. Several years later, I got, got complacent and uh, ended up crossed it, or not crossed it, ended up I was abusing my antidepressants for a short period of time. And so when I quit that, that's what I considered my clean date, which is in 2014. And so since then, I've been uh, continuing on with NA. I uh, got a new sponsor, good sponsor, another veteran. Finished my, I, I lost my career teaching, but ultimately that was kind of a blessing. I learned some other things about myself and my life. Um, did a job for about 10 years working for a bank that ultimately was killing my soul. And about two years ago, I started learning about peer support. And uh, here I am. I was encouraged to, to learn more about it and maybe give it a try. And, and so that's how I became a peer support. Wow, thank you for sharing that with us. And I know that definitely has to resonate with a lot of folks in recovery and especially you being that voice for veterans in recovery. Um, you know, all the challenges that you face and, and all the all the situations and obstacles that you overcome. And uh, I just wanna, you know, honor you in that and you know, have a lot of respect for you due to that. So let's get back into the uh, peer support end. So now you've been practicing your peer support state certification. What would you say is the most rewarding about being a certified peer support specialist here in the state of Montana? It's a great question. The most rewarding part about being a peer support specialist for me is being able to be with somebody when they when they get it when they when they have struggled for a long time people have been in and out of treatment several times and and you know, they just just for some reason they aren't able to get it they just don't know why and somehow something some small thing that i say or do or help them do makes a big difference and they oh, now I see what I was struggling so hard against, and now now it makes sense. And 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 so yeah, that's a, by far the best part is seeing somebody. It's like when I was teaching, and I'd see that light bulb come on over to somebody's head, that moment of understanding. Was, oh, now I get it. Oh man, thank thank you so much. I I I wouldn't have thought of that, or or I tried it before a different way, and it didn't work. But uh, so yeah, that's by far being with somebody when they make that realization that. I don't have to keep using, I can live without, I can do something different. And by far, that's the best part of that, for sure. That's beautiful. And I really feel that people that choose this path, it's its almost like it's chosen for us because, you know, I've said it before, I feel like, you know, we are the chosen ones and just having you be, be one of those chosen ones and be on this journey of, sharing our life experience and and uh, being that support within Montana's peer network is huge and and we're very grateful 
And I know for myself specifically, I'm very honored and grateful to be able to be a coworker of yours, to do this here recovery coaching training with you, as well as all the other work I get to do with you. It's definitely mutual. I, you know, I appreciate to being able to be here with other professionals and and uh, seeing you being, even though you've been working uh, in this field longer than I have, uh, seeing you being, when you did what you needed to do and, and became licensed and certified, you held up your certificate. I got a license in Montana. Yeah, good for you, good job. That's, that's, that's fantastic. You should have, in my, in my opinion, they should have just, just automatically said, ta-da, you're a peer support, here you are, because you got so many great experiences and so much so much to give. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's great to be able to work with, with you. Aw, thank and you, Bill. So I know that you're on uh, your chair for one of the subcommittees we have here, the CPAC. Um, tell us a little bit about what exactly that is, and then, you know, within your position with that, how does that affect the future of Montana's peer support specialists? Excellent question, excellent question. Uh, actually, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm actually the, the secretary for the CPAC. And I just started with the CPAC in February of this year. Uh, they asked me to be on the, on the, the uh, committee. I was working as a peer support specialist for Gateway and uh, they asked me to be on the committee for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm a former science teacher and two, because I'm a veteran. And uh, so I'm the secretary. I became the secretary after about two and a half months because the previous people who were doing it just didn't have the time to, to put into it. And I, I happened to have the time. And I'm fairly good with the typewriter since or type, typewriter, listen to me, I'm old school. Pretty good at typing on the keyboard, keyboarding. <laughs> yeah, I learned on an old manual brother long ago. But anyway. Yeah, so I became secretary and yes, yeah, so some of the most important things though that CPAC has done, uh, CPAC has, has encouraged and advocated for legislation uh, over the last several years to one, uh, to make peer support a, uh, an actual licensed position under the Board of Behavioral Health. Uh, two, that, that led to the, the, the approval of Medicaid actually paying for peer support in the state of Montana. And that wasn't until 2018, I believe. And CPAC had a part of that. I was again, that was way before my time as CPAC. So I'm kind of talking about what, what the committee has done in the past. And then this past year, I was privileged to be part of CPAC's work uh, with the Montana legislature uh, to get approval, actually legislation that went to the governor's desk that he signed to get peer support as an actual seat at the table of, so we actually have a position on the board of behavioral health because before that happened they were making decisions about us without us and that was kind of our battle cry it was nothing with nothing about us without us uh, and we were the only licensed profession under the board of behavioral health that was not represented on the board and there was a lot of pushback to that uh, people thinking that we didn't belong there we had no business being there because the board makes some pretty important decisions about people who are licensed but I let them, we, we kind of let them know in a little bit more gentle terms that we're not just a bunch of uneducated junkies, that we actually have some professional people who are participating, who can actually critically think and evaluate information and provide good feedback. And uh, our 
committee chair, Amanda Walton, is fantastic. Uh, she's also our uh, MPN's uh, training education coordinator. And uh, she's, she's been our, our chairperson for most of the time I've been with CPAC and she does a fantastic job. And uh, she's also been nominated to be the person in the seat on the Board, board of Behavioral Health. And uh, I'm really pulling for her to get that seat. I really hope that she's one who gets it because she would do a fantastic job. Yes, definitely. Shout out to our coworker, Amanda Walton, for all her amazing work in and throughout uh, Montana's Peer Network and Montana's Peer Services throughout the state of Montana. She's been, she's been a hell of a help. Hell yeah. <laughs> She's been amazing to work with. So I just want to, you know, let you know that I appreciate this time together and let our listeners know um, if you are interested in, you know, joining any of the subcommittees, there are applications. Uh, we are working on a couple more subcommittees. You know, there are ways to get involved in and throughout Montana's Peer Network, and we need more voices, right? And so I just really encourage you all to, to get involved, get in the midst of it, because we need it. We definitely need it. And if you have a similar story or you would like to, you know, join us for one of our recovery talks, reach out to us, our website, of course www.mtpeernetwork.org and uh, we'd be happy to help you. Bill and I also have the recovery coach series that we're training uh, coming up in January. So if you're interested in that, be sure and check that out under the training and the website. So thank you again, Bill, for joining me. You bet. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be with you. And I hope to hear from our listeners out there that want to join us at MPN. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.